Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. I am in for Josh Raymond, and I am pleased and privileged to be in for The Inner Life today. And here on The Inner Life, you know, we're here every day to help you gain a little bit of confidence and a little bit of inspiration for your ongoing walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a it is a, a great uh, fall day here in central Wisconsin where I am calling in from or where I am reporting in from. And uh, I am I'm grateful for the opportunity to, as I said, be here on the inner life today, especially on our topic for today is we're going to talk about good spiritual habits. What are good spiritual habits? What are things that will uh, if we devote ourselves to them, if we dedicate ourselves to them, and if we uh, really set aside some time and effort and energy, that we can actually see growth within our spiritual life, within our relationship with the Lord. And uh, yeah, it kind of brings me back in my mind to my high school days when I was actually on my high school golf team. And I, I'll tell you, I'm not sure how I actually became a member of my high school golf team. Uh, but there are those times, and golfers, you can back me up on this, there are those times where even a, a very well-practiced, experienced golfer uh, can get what's known as the yips. Uh, you hear pros even talking about this, getting the yips where on the putting green, they just uh, somehow they can't line up the putt, they can't. Uh, stroke it gently and they can't get it, uh, yeah, they can't get uh, putts to go in the hole. So that's where they end up and, and it's something that, that uh, yeah, they really have to struggle with. Well, we have struggles in our spiritual life too. We can get the spiritual yips, as it were. Um, and developing good spiritual habits can be a great practice in Helping to avoid those yips in the first place, but also in to overcome them when they come along, especially when times of trial and temptation come along. But uh, our spiritual director for today, let's say hello to him. This is Father Eric Nielsen back with us. I've even had the privilege of doing a few shows with Father Eric before. He is the pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and he's been the pastor of St. Paul since 2006. And, of course, he is a priest of the Diocese of Madison, which he has been since 1995. Father Eric, welcome back to the program. Good to talk with you again. Hello. It's great to, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on for some reason, so I'm happy to be, happy to be back. Well, I'm privileged to be here when you are uh, back in action, as it were. So, very good. Well, let's let's start out, Father, about good spiritual habits. And uh, what exactly are we talking about here? What kind of practices are we talking about? Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned habit. 
So let's just first talk about a habit. You know, a habit is something that is, at least in the classical sense of the term, something that becomes a part of you so you find it, you know, easy to do. You know, I have the habit of playing the piano. Yeah, I don't have to struggle at it. I can sit down. I can just play the piano. Mm. Um, so it's it's habitual. It's a, it's a virtue that I possess, right? And so what we want to do in the spiritual life is we want to develop habits so that our prayer is not irksome to us because... Mm. Prayer is difficult. You know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the flesh, our bodies, because of original sin, um, wars against our spirits. Okay, so they're at odds with each other. So original sin has detached our body, in a certain sense, from being integrated to our, to our spiritual desires. And when we talk about that, too, it's not just our body doesn't want to get off the couch and go into a church and kneel down and pray, but our mind wants to focus on things that we find entertaining and doesn't want to stay focused on God and, mm. and things that are really, truly beautiful and good. So that's the struggle. So, you know, a habit that most of us have that's not difficult is brushing our teeth in the morning. You know, it's a habit that we sure. have. Right. Um, you know, we don't have to think about it, right? We just do it. If we don't do it, uh, we, we feel bad. You know, I don't have that tingly <laughs> feeling in my mouth. I want that, you know, so... Um, so what we're trying to do now is develop these habits. And, you know, the rosary, uh, the morning offering, um, mass, um, spiritual reading, um, reading scripture, uh, maybe the chaplet of divine mercy, um, you know, an act of contrition at night before we go to bed, um, you know, setting aside time for um, in, in front of the Blessed Sacrament for mental prayer. Um, we can also include... Um, mortifications that we should do, like, you know, maybe taking the stairs at work rather than the elevator, um, maybe <laughs> yep. not, not having, not having lunch on Fridays, um, mm. you know, not having that second cup of coffee on, you know, every other day or whatever the case may be, you know, some sort of, cause mortification and prayer kind of goes together because in order to pray well, you have to say no to the flesh because mm. you're, you're to pray well, to have spiritual habits, you have to teach your flesh to desire what the spirit wants to do. Maybe a good example too is a guy who loves ice fishing. You know, it's a spiritual endeavor for him. He loves catching fish in the middle of winter. So his desire to go out there and catch fish is so strong and so spiritual mm. that the fact that his feet are going to be cold, the wind is blowing, it's icy, you know, that his clothes aren't quite clean or whatever the case may be. None of that stuff bothers him, you know, because he's just so excited about getting out there and, ice fishing so yeah great analogy yeah, i like that and especially <laughs> for you and i who are calling who are who are talking to each other in the state of wisconsin we uh, we can speak that language and <laughs> that works i'm looking at a, works really i'm looking well. at a lake right now that'll be frozen <laughs> in about you know three a months, week so. yeah, right. yeah, a week yeah yeah uh-huh. that's about right wonderful well uh let's draw our listeners into the conversation father so um for you the listeners what do you do when you start struggling with your spiritual life, if there are, if you get those spiritual yips, like I was talking about, if there's something going on in your life, um, what habits have you found to be enormously helpful to you? And especially, if I might add, I like what you were saying, Father, about these mortifications or these sacrifices that we make from time to time to deny the body. Um, if anybody has any great suggestions on some of the, you know, very small mortifications that you do, some small sacrifices that you do throughout the week. 
Uh, I'd love to hear them. I'm sure others would get inspiration from them as well. So if you'd like to join the conversation here on The Inner Life, give us a call. Our number here is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And uh, you can also send us an email if you like. And our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. Father, maybe uh, you've talked about some great things. You mentioned the rosary, the morning offering, uh, mass, and uh, you know, mass not only on Sundays but daily mass as well. Spiritual reading, scripture. You mentioned the, doing an examination of conscience before bed. Um, these mortifications and these these fastings. A lot of great practices and a lot of things that we can avail ourselves for. But um, why are these things? At the, at the root of it, why are they important? I mean, what are they ultimately, what kind of fruit can we expect to see from them? Um, that's a great question. That's actually a great question. Because if you if you focus on the habits just on themselves, you'll probably get them up. And so right. you want to have something to focus on. Yeah. So that ice fisherman, just to go back to that habit, you know, his goal is to catch a fish. So that's his goal. You know, and so he's going to develop these habits that allow him to catch a fish. Our goal is union with Jesus. And why do we want union with Jesus? Because we want beatitude, we want happiness, and we want the happiness and joy that can never be taken away from us. So we're created for beatitude. We're created for happiness. And as we know, happiness comes and goes. Our favorite football team wins, we're happy, they lose, and we're sad. And so we're happy when we get what we want, and what we want is we want good things. And the greatest good that we can have is God, and the greatest way to have that good is to have it for eternity. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal, to know God, to love God, and to serve God, or to, to search for Jesus, to find Jesus, to love Jesus, and then out of that love for Jesus, to serve Jesus. So all of our habits, whether it's the Mass, or whether it's the Rosary, or whether it's just not having a second cup of coffee, all of these are orientated towards getting to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if these habits don't help us get us to know Jesus, then we should just stop them and have something else, which is, again, for those of you out there who are a little more pious, you might want to just ask yourself, sometimes your daily habits can just come a little, you know, you like them, you do them, but they're not really getting you anywhere. They become kind of stale. Maybe you're just doing them out of a certain scrupulosity, thinking that you have to do them, rather than that they're things that are really giving you life and bringing you close to Jesus. And so that's... it's good to develop spiritual habits, but sometimes it's good to let certain spiritual habits go, you know, for a season, mm-hmm. just to have them refreshed. That's a great point, Father, and I and I really do appreciate that. That uh, it, at least in terms of some of our spiritual habits, that is a that's a fantastic thing. But there again, even then, I know I have to be careful myself. Then I start asking. Well, am I letting this one go because it's really interfering with the time that I wanted to spend watching television, or that I that I would really rather be, you know, doing whatever it is uh, on social media or something like that? Um, so I have to be careful about that too. And I, I want to go back to something else that you said, Father, and and I think it's important uh, that when we when we start to see, okay, is it helping me grow closer with Jesus? The question that I would have is, how do we know that that is happening? How do we know that we're growing closer to Jesus? You know, I, I think kind of at a base level, we tend to say, well, I know I am if I if I feel a certain way. But feelings can be a little deceptive, I think, sometimes in these areas, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be holy is not to feel holy. Right. <laughs> so right. Our, goal is, our goal is not to feel holy. Our goal is actually to feel humble. 
our goal is really to feel to feel humility, to um, feel humility and to feel um, a natural empathy and love for our fellow man. You know, those those are the um, I would say if you want to go after a feeling, those are the feelings you want to have. Um, along with peace and joy, you know, peace is a sign of the Holy Spirit, and along with joy, and joy, we we don't need to get into this too deeply, but you know, joy can happen at the same time that very difficult things are happening to us in our life. Hmm. But anyway, back to your question: How do I know if I'm getting closer to Jesus? In some ways, um, it's like if you ever been on a like even like you're on a hike or even driving a car and you're going up a mountain mm-hmm. and as you go up it doesn't really feel like you're getting that much higher because and then all of a sudden you look back and you're like whoa look look how much higher we've come <laughs> right and so yeah. a lot of times it's only looking back and i do this all the time with um the students here at saint paul's you know they'll say father i don't feel like i'm going anywhere i don't feel like anything's happening mm-hmm. and i say well what were you like a year ago and they're like whoa yeah i'm a lot different than i was a year ago because the thing is, as we draw closer to Jesus, we start to become more aware of our inadequacies and our sinfulness. Hmm. And we can have that feeling of going backwards. But I would say the best indicator of our closeness to God is that phrase that you, from John, you cannot love the God you can't see if you do not love the person you can see. So the greatest indicator that we're going closer to Jesus is the fact of our examination of conscience at night. How am I fulfilling my duties? How am I fulfilling my responsibilities? Which is an act of charity to the people around us, that you fulfill these duties and responsibilities, especially your duties and responsibilities as a a parent and as a husband, as a wife. And then how am I doing in my acts of charity and love towards the people around me? Wow. Yeah. So those would be the two greatest indicators that you're growing in holiness. And if you have any spiritual habit that's getting in the way of doing those things, then you want to give them up. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's always good to know what we're aiming for, right? So, um, well, I tell you what, Father, we've got a couple of people on the line, but let's, uh, I tell you what, let's take a break first. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and there's still plenty of lines open. If people want to call in, they want to be part of uh, the conversation on good spiritual habits. What are some of the things that you do to uh, help cultivate your own spiritual life? Uh, and especially if you're if you're facing some undue trials, temptations, that sort of thing, how have those habits helped you in in uh, overcoming those and in getting growing closer to the Lord? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine is our number here on the Inner Life, and we'll be back with Father Eric Nielsen right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
And welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today, and we are talking about developing good spiritual habits with our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, who is the pastor of St. Paul's, the St. Paul University Catholic Center at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Well, Father, let's uh, let's take some calls here. We've got to, we have had a few people call in, and let's start with Nick from Frankfort, Illinois. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be on. Thanks so much for taking my call. I sure. thought it was a, a great topic, especially during these days when we can get off track and. I think one of the, the the greatest things to a tip for the yip is um sometimes we get so comfort we, we look for the comfort in our spiritual life and I think sometimes when we when we experience a yip we should 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 do something maybe that that doesn't bring us comfort maybe a different form of prayer that can bring us back and and then maybe retrospectively think about where why we did get the yip and I think most of the times in my case when it happens it's I I don't give myself enough of that silent time that the Lord tells us to go, always tells us to go off to that quiet place. And it's either too much TV or I'm letting someone's conversation get to me. And uh, the thing that I always like to tell people is sometimes what we want to be natural inclinations are not there, but maybe if we do things by habit, for instance, we want to build that relationship with our Lord in adoration, maybe out of habit go there, but through habit, he gives us, he develops a love within our hearts for him that makes us want to go naturally. And the same thing with the Mass. We don't know the Mass like we should, but if by habit we made the effort and had the discipline to go, our Lord would stick that love in our hearts that makes it so natural for us to want to go. And when we don't go, we have we get a deep yearning to make get there again. And, and before we know it, we're, we're going daily, and we're in that state of grace through, the, through communion, and we build that wonderful relationship with our Lord, sometimes out of habit. And um, I, I think... When when we get into those yips, let's think habitually, and then everything will come back again naturally. Yeah, I think that you know you make a good point about um, you know you just you, your prayer is not always comfortable, and I would say it's a little bit like exercise. You know, prayer. So the, the similarities with prayer and the exercise are, are just are are um, you know a lot. I guess there's a lot of similarities between the two, and just as you develop your body, so do you develop the strength of your spiritual soul. And when we exercise, we naturally pick exercises that challenge us to strengthen our body, but at the same time don't cause undue pain or difficulty to our body because we wouldn't be able just to simply do it. It'd be, it'd be bad for our body to do an exercise that, you know, cause you pain, you know, real pain. You'd you, you know, but you can tell the difference between the pain that hurts your body and in a certain sense that pain that's helping your body. And in some ways we can approach the spiritual life like that, at least in the, you know, the once like otherwise, like running, for example, you know, I'm, I'm overweight. I'm going to start running. Well, you start running, you get a really hard pain in your knee. I got to stop running. There's a problem in my knee, right? Or I got to get the right shoes, but there's a certain struggle that goes on to me as I run. I just kind of don't like it. But as I, as I get really proficient at running, suddenly it becomes a habit and I enjoy it. And it's, gives me strength and it just invigorates me. And, and that's the way a spiritual habit kind of is. You know, at first as you start to do it, you know, it's just, it's hard to get yourself into it, but you can tell this is good for me, this is helping me. And then as, as you do it for a long period of time, it starts to become a habit Then it's something that it really invigorates you. And, and one of the, I think the prayers that's most difficult is what you brought up is that silent time with God. It's so much easier just 
to watch television or finish that book. It's hard to spend, you know, 20 minutes just being with God, just sitting there, just maybe meditating on scripture, or just, you know, concentrating on his presence in front of you or, or meditating on the sacred heart. Um, so that's why for all of the listeners out there, if you're, if you haven't really done a lot of quiet prayer or silent prayer or mental prayer or whatever you want to call it, I always recommend starting with the rosary because the rosary is a, is, is a vocal prayer. That's also meditative because you're, you're, while you're saying that hail Mary's, you're trying to meditate, you know, on the mysteries and that rosary doing that every day religiously, you know, cause that's what we're, we're in a religion and we do things religiously doing that every day for 15 to 20 minutes is going to teach you naturally how to do mental prayer. And, uh, I try to, I mean, try pretty much my whole life now for the last 30 years, I've been doing 30 minutes of mental prayer every morning, you know, with some exceptions. Um, but just basically every day. And that was preceded in my own life by praying the rosary for a whole year just every day. And that it was that rosary every day that really prepared me for mental prayer. Yeah. Well, what a great, great advice and a great place to start. And, and quite frankly, great place to continue as well. I mean, just keeping that rosary up all the time. Uh, very good. And very good call, Nick. Thank you for your suggestions. Thank you for your advice as well. Thanks for being part of the program. Let's go from Nick in Frankfort, Illinois, down to Hector in Riverside, California. Hector, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and God bless. Yes, God bless morning, you, Hector. too. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, uh, you know, my suggest- suggestion is uh, something I've taken up recently is uh, when we're celebrating as a church, uh, when we're celebrating one of our martyrs, um, on that day I'll offer a fast or other mortification, uh, you know, in, in union with them. Hmm. That's great. Yeah, do you have a different person every day, or is there always kind of like one person, you kind of your go-to three people? Uh, no, you know, I'll just try to follow the liturgical calendar, and, and, uh, and like, for example, this Monday when we uh, celebrated our, our Korean martyrs, uh, you know, on that day uh, I offered a fast, and uh, so I'll just, uh, it just depends on who we're celebrating that day. Who do you offer your fast for, though? I thought that was for... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, well, I'll just... Uh, it depends, I guess. Uh, I'll offer for, uh, you know, that, that saint's uh, uh, intercession for that day, perhaps, or um, if I have somebody that uh, needs prayer, I'll, I'll offer it up for them. Uh, so it just might depend on the particular circumstance. Okay. Oh, good. Good. So you go to daily mass then, basically. Um, no, I can't always go to daily mass, but I I do read uh, 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 you know I do read the the readings uh, every day in the morning. It's uh, it's another practice that I have uh, every morning. That's the first thing I do, uh, and I'll check the calendar and and that's how I'll know if uh, we're we're celebrating a, a martyr on that day and. And then I'll I'll offer up a uh, a fast or some other mortification. What? Uh, how do you check the calendar? Just for our listeners, do you have a favorite app, or do you got like a website you go to, or? Yes, the USCCB website. Mm. Yeah, that works out really well. You can I just, take the reading you know, from there. 
Yeah, they do. They do a good job there. USCCB.org, lectionary. Yes. I think, and there you are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I can say, Hector, too, that I'm a bit of a liturgical calendar nerd, and I love to follow on and what's going on there. And so um, I think that's a great suggestion that when we see somebody who has uh, given their life for the faith, it's a good time to consider, okay, what parts of my life am I willing to give up for Jesus and to draw closer to him? And who might I offer up some kind of fast for? And probably equivalently, too, if I may say so, it might be a good spiritual habit to get into if you're following the liturgical calendar, that when we have a feast day, a solemnity day, then it's time to celebrate, but to celebrate not by you know gluttonous activity, but rather to celebrate by uh, diving ever more deeply into things like works of charity and to offer up um, offer up prayers to the the saint of the day, whatever whoever we might be celebrating. So thank you. Thank you, Hector, for the call. Very appreciative of that. Let's go from Hector to Vivian calling in from San Diego, California. Vivian, welcome to the program. Well thank you. Absolutely. Hello Vivian. Hi. I had a question. Uh, if if your life your spiritual life which once was pretty strong. It feels like it's scattered to the four winds. Where do you start back? <laughs> scattered to the four winds. Oh, Vivian. Um, what were you uh, normally doing? What were you finding joy in in the past or when it was all gathered together in one in one little backyard sandbox? What were you doing? Well, I, I used to live literally uh, less than a mile from my church, so I made morning mass. I was uh, involved in the parish, and then uh, life happened. And uh, now I'm living elsewhere, and it just seemed that my spiritual life got broken up. Okay. All right, Vivian. Well, you know, I don't know you very well, obviously. I just had a 30-second phone call conversation with you, so I'm just going to give a little bit of my observations and it maybe applies to maybe applies to some of our listeners, but it's been my experience that sometimes daily mass can very easily kind of turn into just a, a pious thing to do more than real prayer. And why do I say that? Because you can go to daily mass and it's enjoyable. You, you hear a little homily. Um, you, you get your friends that you, you see after mass and it's, it's very comfortable. It's, and but what's really happening is you're not really praying while you're there. You're just kind of watching the priest do it, and you're just kind of saying the words, but you're not really putting your heart into it. And that's why I think the prayer outside of the mass is so important. Even though the mass is the best, most effective prayer that we have as the church, there's no comparison with anything in the mass. And so it's kind of like two different categories. You got prayer and then the mass. Okay, so now in some sense. Um, the Mass is almost distinct from prayer, but what we need to do when we go to Mass is we need to bring our prayer life to that Mass. And if we don't have a prayer life going on outside of the Mass, there's not going to be a lot happening at that Mass. And so I would start, especially for people who are retired and who have the whole day to themselves, you know, set a schedule for yourself that you know you can keep or that kind of forces you to get going. Like, I'm going to get out of bed at this time, um, I'm going to say a rosary at this time. I'm going to read a little scripture at this time. And if I can put daily mass in there, great. But, it, you know, it doesn't have to be there. It, I mean, it's, it should be there if you have the time and you, it's available to you. 
um, better to go to daily mass than to, you know, golf nine holes that morning. So, um, you know, somebody wanted to, you know, sometimes guys go golfing every morning. Well, you should be going to mass every morning. Um, you're, you're just going to be so much happier on your way to heaven rather than purgatory. But, um, I would say for you, Vivian, just whatever prayer that you find most attractive, whether it's reading scripture, meditating on scripture, whether it's saying the rosary, um, or there's just some vocal prayers that you have to do, I would start by finding a time to say those prayers and then stick with it. To say this, to say prayer, to pray at a specific time every day shows a lot of love for God and um, it keeps us from being self-indulgent in our prayers. To just pray when we feel like it at a time that's always most convenient to us is just kind of like to only have a friend who comes to your house when you want him to, um, rather than, you know, you going out of the way for your friend. And when we set a set time to do our prayers, kind of like telling God, all right, I'm going to make you um, a priority to, at this time, and then sticking that priority. And so when your daughter calls you or your niece or your granddaughter calls you and she hasn't called you, you know, in three months, and all of a sudden it's your regular prayer time, and you say, oh, you know, I'd love to talk to you, but I got another appointment I got to get to. I'll, I'll call you back in 20 minutes or later this afternoon when that work out. And then it just shows a little mortification, a little desire to put God first in your life. Now, obviously, if she called and um, she just had a miscarriage or something, well, then we'll put off prayer out of charity for that person who called. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing just to get a pious practice at a time and stick to it. Hmm. Is that something you think could, can work for you, Vivian? What would uh, setting a schedule like that? Well, yes. Thank you. I've tried praying the, uh, the hours mm-hmm. and I use the universalis app, mm-hmm. but I feel guilty when I can't, complete them because somebody else has needs that call upon me and demand me out of charity. Well, yeah. If, I mean, if somebody really has needs for you, St. Vincent de Paul said, you know, that if a poor person comes to the door and you have to put aside your prayer for that poor person, taking care of that poor person, you know, is prayer. Um, so we shouldn't feel guilty about that. But then and again, sometimes people ask us for things that they don't really need and you know, they can, it can be given to them later. And so that's just where we have to really examine our own personal life at the end of the day. You know, was this something I really needed to do or could it be done later? And I know with mothers, since mothers are the, tend to be the most charitable people in the world, um, for them to put aside needs of other people for prayer just always seems selfish to them. Hmm. But uh, taking care of ourselves in prayer is our first responsibility. Because, first of all, it's what we need for ourselves. And second of all, um, if we're not praying, then we're no longer really the gift that we need to be for other people. So it's like, it'd be like a woman who only fed her children and then starved to death. You know, then her children would no longer eat. Right, right. Uh, Very good analogy again there, Father. Thank you for that. And Vivian, thank you for your call. We're speaking today with our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen, as we're talking about developing good spiritual habits. 
Thank you for your calls. Please feel free to call in 888-914-9149 if you have questions for Father in developing your own good spiritual habits or if you would like to share with other listeners your own advice about what has worked well for you. Let's go from Vivian to Jordan, who's calling in from St. Paul, Minnesota. Jordan, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. So I pray a daily rosary, but I've fallen into a habit where I do other things while I pray it, which is obviously not ideal. And um, earlier in the show, you were talking about taking a break in habits that are not spiritually fruitful at the time and coming back to them after that break to kind of renew it. Is this one of those habits where I should take a break or where I just need to set a schedule and do it properly? Jordan, what a great question, because as soon as I said that in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, I should put a little caveat to that. There's certain habits that we never break, you know, even if they are stale. You know, one of them would be going to Mass every Sunday. You know, no matter how stale that is, we're going to go to Mass every Sunday and we're going to figure it out. I would say the rosary falls under the category of, you know, going to Sunday Mass. It's a habit you never really want to get up, but give up, but you can change it tremendously. You can change the time. You can change the place. You can change the way you say it. You know, you can go to like the scriptural rosary or things like that. I'd be interested, Jordan, what, what else do you do every day for prayer other than the rosary? Well, I unfortunately haven't made a habit of doing a prayer where I just sit with God and talk with him. Um, I also do a Divine Mercy Chaplet and um, a couple other prayers for specific intentions. Yeah, I would say, so this would be my advice. For people who are in the habit of doing mental prayer, you know, like they maybe do a half hour in the morning or maybe a little bit in the afternoons, you know, to pray the rosary while walking or driving or whatever isn't really, you know, that's fine. But if the rosary is your is your kind of your the substantial time of your prayer, I would highly recommend, if you can, to set aside time to do it in the morning before you start work and to sit in a chair or okay. kneel down or, you know, and say it with your eyes closed or maybe say it with a picture book in front of you, just staring, you know, at the mysteries and just really trying hard to meditate on those mysteries. And if you did that every morning for, you know, six months or so, you would find that that rosary would be naturally turning into um, contemplation or turning into really good mental prayer. And then at that time, Jordan, after, you know, you feel like I've really settled in, I would then spend that 20 minutes in mental prayer, and then you wouldn't feel so guilty doing the rosary in the afternoon while you're driving your car. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. You got it, Jordan. You're very welcome. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thanks. Great question. Always good to have questions like that for Father. We are talking about developing good spiritual habits with Father Eric Nielsen from the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Let's see if we can squeeze in one more call before our next break. Let's go to Joe, who's calling in from California. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Father Nielsen. Yeah, I'd like to share that. Well, I think uh, one of my uh, most important uh, uh, prayers to start off in the morning is, it's, you know, it's, it's the spiritual warfare. Uh, and one book that I refer to is the uh, Deliverance Prayers. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's it's approved, by, you know, for the use of, of of the laity. And I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to say, but uh, I mean, the way the world, our world is, you know, 
society. Um, the, the, I mean, the, the evil is out there, and we and as Catholics and as Christians, we have to protect ourselves because I mean we're under fire, we're being attacked. I personally being attacked, uh, family, and these prayers that I found in there, I'm, I'm sure you will of those, Father, that uh, they are so powerful. And I would suggest that for the rest of the folks out there I mean, to look up for that book. And if you feel yourself being attacked, uh, really uh, look for that, and 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 you will be delivered from from the uh, from the evil one. And uh, that's I mean that's why I wanted to share that, Father. I mean there are so many prayers in the Father that I, um, I I guess the maybe the routine would be to uh, to select one or a few, and depending on on what situation one might find itself, right? Yeah, I would say, um, Joe, that those prayers are, um, I know a lot of people have found comfort in those prayers and they work for them. Uh, I would say it just depends on the, the individual. I mean, there's certain deliverance prayers that are very powerful. You know, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer is one that's making a strong comeback after uh, kind of years of kind of being kind of put aside for a while. Um, at the same time, those prayers aren't necessarily the best for certain people who might become over, overly scrupulous with them. Or um, Anybody who is in the state of grace and praying is extremely protected from the evil one. So um, I wouldn't get too overly concerned. The devil's power is limited. And, um, you know, to you know, wear some blessed object to stay in the state of grace, um, use a little holy water on your bed before you go to bed, um, I'd say that anybody who did those things was uh, would not have a lot to fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd be living in a locked house in a, in a good in a good neighborhood. You know, when you lived in a good neighborhood in a locked house, can a robber come and steal something? Yeah, he, he might, but generally, um, you're you're safe. And that's the way every Christian should feel who's in the state of grace and um, praying every day and has a blessed object on him. Mm-hmm. Father, I got to say, I love your analogies today. You're you're hitting on all <laughs> cylinders there. Yeah, li- living in a locked house in a good neighborhood. I love that. That's very good. Joe, thanks for the call. Uh, great to have you with us here on the Inner Life. Tell you what, we're going to take a break. But uh, for our callers who are on the line, stay on the line. We'll see if we can get your calls in after the break. We are talking today about developing good spiritual habits with our spiritual director, Father Eric Nielsen. If you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. 888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond, and my thanks to Nick Sentovich and Mariano Gomez. Uh, producing and taking your calls today here on the program as we speak with Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director from the University of Wisconsin in Madison on developing good spiritual habits. And uh, yeah, sounds like, looks like we've gotten a lot of uh, great calls and great feedback so far, Father, but we've got a few more in store as well. So uh, yeah, 
Uh, actually, while we're while we're on that, Father, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to come back to you and uh, and ask one quick question too. Um, you're talking about uh, the rosary and uh, putting it on the level of of Sunday Mass. And could you say just a just a brief word, a little bit more about that? Why is the rosary so centrally important? Yeah, you know, when I say it's on the level of Sunday Mass, it's on the level of Sunday Mass in that one particular way, and that it's a habit you never want to give up. Okay, I mean, there's no right. comparison really between the Mass and the Rosary. Sure, so, right, yeah. I just wanted to you. clarify that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for that clarification. No, yeah, no, that's right. How I... the, that's, that's how they're the same. And the reason I wouldn't give up the Rosary is, is just because so many saints have, have just said how well it works. And, I mean, so many encyclicals have been written on it or and mm. apostolic letters, and you just can't find a saint in the modern era who wasn't devoted to the Rosary. I mean, towards the end of her life, Mother Teresa, you, you never saw her without it in her hand. I think Padre Pio, whose feast date is today, what did he something He said something like, 150 rosaries a day or something yeah, like that. Right. You know, so, right, yeah. but no, there's, there's no compare. That's the comparison that you can't really right. compare the rosary to the mass. So. Yeah. 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 And that's where I took it. I mean, I just thought, well, let's make sure everybody is, is clear on that. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, we've got Ronnie who's calling in from Brooklyn, New York. Ronnie, welcome to the program. Thank you, father. Um, my, um, comment is this. I had thought God ever since I was a kid, but yet, you know, I had a, a life that was kind of free and easy. And uh, but I always loved God, and I, I realized a lot of things I did in the past were were not uh, conducive to uh, to blessedness and all that, you know. But now that I'm mm-hmm. older, I realize how important prayer is, and I now I understand Saint Paul when Paul, Saint Paul says, "Pray without ceasing, constantly." And now that I'm almost 78 years old next month, I, I know that to be true. Because I, I pray the, the liturgy of the hours every morning with Relevant Radio, and I listen to Relevant Radio exclusively. And, um, uh, you know, like some people exercise with weights and dumbbells and all that kind of stuff. I'm a carpenter, so I don't need any exercise. I do, I do enough exercise <laughs> at work. But my exercise is helping people. Like if they need a, a bathroom, I would help them fix it. If they need steps, I would help them do that. That's my exercise because it's not vainful. It's, it's helping somebody do something, you know. I'm not interested in the pay because now I'm retired and uh, I don't need that. I could get by. I don't have a lot of money, but I could get by, and I thank God for that. Secondly, uh, like St. Paul says, pray without ceasing. And I realize first it was hard for me to understand this. I thought by praying, you pray once and the rest of the day, uh, you forget about it. But now, mm-hmm. my whole life, as I'm awake, is a constant prayer. Because everything I'm doing and everything I see around me is, is, the, is, uh, is the magnificent creation of God. The air, the sun, the stars, the people I meet. I, 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 now I see that Christ is in every person. Because we all uh, have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And the Holy Spirit is still with us from, from eternity past till now. The Holy Spirit never left. And I, I realized that. And the only reason why I could get up in the morning or brush my teeth or do anything is because the Holy Spirit gave my body the, 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 the resources to, 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 do, to move, you know, or to, or to see or to, or to smell or to do anything, you know. And I also realized that our bodies are the same body that Christ had. He had eyes, a nose, he had a heart, liver, lungs, etc. you know. And... Uh, uh, if you want to know how Christ felt, feel your own body or feel somebody else's skin. And that's how Christ felt. All our blood is Christ's blood. Christ is the gift of life. 
And that's what I'm thankful for. Every morning I wake up, I got the gift of life. And the fact that some things are hard, and I know about hard stuff because I've dug foundations, and to this day, everything that's hard for me to do, I, I take that as a, 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 a part of, like Paul says, a part of the cross of Christ, because nobody suffered as, as like Christ on the face of the earth, not even people with leprosy or cancer. Nobody so, Ronnie, like let, me, uh, let me jump in, Ronnie, just for a moment here and, and see if I can, I'm making sure I'm staying up with you here. So you're saying, um, I'm hearing a lot of gratitude, and then you're also seeing the Lord as present within creation around you. You're acknowledging the Lord's presence all around you. What about that, Father? What about both, uh, what are the roles of gratitude and then also just being aware of the Lord's presence and in that way, as Ronnie said, praying without ceasing. Yeah, Ronnie's got, had a great, uh, he's got a great gift of the Holy Spirit where he needs to be thankful for. I think that was the key word that, uh, that you brought up, Ronnie, is the Holy Spirit. That our desire to pray is itself a gift to the Holy Spirit. That in a sense, when we pray, God is crowning his own gift. The Holy Spirit comes to us, inspires us to pray. And then when we pray, we pray with that gift of the Holy Spirit. And that brings us, you know, greater grace and God's greater glory. And once we can get to that point where we're really aligned with God, God's will, and we're attentive to the fact that every gift is a gift of God and that the Holy Spirit is present in all of our actions, well, then just as Ronnie said, you know, when we look at the sky and we see how beautiful it is and how blue it is, we, we, we see God's gift in that blue sky and mm-hmm. we are naturally then start to thank him for it. And that, that becomes a beautiful prayer. Yeah. So that's that, you know, but in order to get there, you got to first have the habits of prayer. If you don't start the habits of prayer, you're not going to get to where your whole day is imbued with prayer. Yeah. So yep. it, it first starts with those habits. Yeah. Great, great, uh, yeah, great reminder there. And Ronnie, thank you. Thank you for sharing. You can just tell the joy in your voice. So thank you for, for being part of the program. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners as well. Um, I think we will move on, though, just to make sure we can get as many calls in as we can. So we're going to go over to Joseph, who's calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Joseph, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, what keeps me inspired, Father, is that going through dryness and not feeling like praying a lot of times those are when our prayers are more efficacious uh, than when we're filled with zeal. And how awesome is that of God? I mean, if you are like that in the secular world in a job, you get fired. But the awesomeness of God, he He commends you for it, and he, he, he even blesses you more. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good... Um, um, incentive just to keep praying. Um, and I teach this to my kids too, who have, you know, kids tend to definitely fall off and wanting to pray. You know, I teach them that and that as children, their prayers are actually more powerful than dad. So please pray for dad, <laughs> you know, and just having God on your mind all the time, all day is a form of mental prayer. I mean, I just want people to, find some of these things hopefully uplifting and, you know, um, you know, in, um, helpful. Yeah, Joseph, I think that uh, when you brought up the fact that uh, you're, you see your dryness as more efficacious, uh, there's, you cannot advance very far in the spiritual life if you are unwilling to go through periods of dryness. 
And when you pray during consolation, that's God telling you he loves you. But when you're able to pray during dryness, that you're telling God you love him. And so for all you listeners out there experiencing dryness, mm. you know, persevere. Now, if your dryness is because um, you've been lazy in your spiritual life or you've given yourself over to sin or you're not trying to resist, you know, venial sin. I mean, if you're just becoming lackadaisical, well, then your dryness is, is from that. But if you're fervent in your acts of charity and you're staying true to your schedule of prayer um, and you're really trying to put your heart into it, then your dryness is most likely from God. And then that's a gift. When if we have consolation in prayer all the time, it's, it's kind of like a tree. Here's my last analogy of the day for you, Patrick. It's all like right, a tree, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, when you get consolation all the time, it's like you're, you're, a tree has roots and the roots will just stay on the surface of the, of the ground, of the soil. But when the drought comes, the tree sends its roots, you know, deep into the ground to go after that tap water, that's on, that, that groundwater that's underneath the ground. And that's what dryness does. Dryness deepens your faith so that your faith deepens. And then it, it gets into that really, if you will, that, that underground reservoir of grace that's always mm-hmm. there for you despite what the weather's like on the, on the topsoil. I like it. Still doing well, Father. That's very good, <laughs> Joseph. Thank you for your call. Uh, we've got uh, we've got. I think we got time for one more quick call for from Joseph from Sacramento. So Joseph from Albuquerque to Joseph from Sacramento. We just got a few Sacramento. minutes left, or about a one minute left here, Joseph. What do you got for us? Yes, Father. My uh, what I wanted to share was this: every day that I have a chance to deny myself a little bit of something. In other words, if I were eating something and I knew that uh, that this spicy sauce will make it taste better, I will deny myself that. And that's what I just wanted to share, Father, that little self-denial every now and then. Yeah, very practical. We, could, we cannot live without self-denial, and you will have no prayer life without some practice of self-denial. Your prayer life will be um, just about your comfort. Wow, that's great. That, and uh, actually, let me let me uh, answer that not so much from my uh, my spiritual side, but from my physical side, and say, really, self denial. I mean, wouldn't it just be? <laughs> it just seems so much better if there's not self denial involved. But great point, Joseph, and that's that's a great thing to keep in mind is that there is something that that is. Uh, it works wonders within our soul when we deny ourselves in certain in certain ways. Um, let me ask you just one quick question before we have to sign off here, Father. Um, just uh, wondering, how can we set some realistic goals or expectations? Because as St. Francis de Sales actually talked about, as lay people, you know, we can't spend all day, every day in our cell uh, leading the com- com- contemplative life. So you got a quick answer to that one? Yeah, just talk to uh, a wise spiritual director and say, this is who I am and what do you think I could I could do? But we're all capable of doing just a little bit more. But I would just pick three little things that you think you could do. Go into a church and say, God, which one of these do you want me to start doing tomorrow? Yeah. And whichever one he points out, you just start doing that one. If you did that every year, in five years, you'd have a really good prayer life. All right. Wonderful. 
Great way of putting it, great way of wrapping it up. Thank you, Father Eric Nielsen, our spiritual director for today, where we've been speaking about developing good spiritual habits. Good show. If you're just catching the end of it, go back and listen to the archive, always available on the Relevant Radio app as well as relevantradio.com. My name is Patrick Conley. It's been great to be with you here in for Josh Raymond here on The Inner Life. Uh, Father Daniel Schuster is up next with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Stay tuned. My anxiety is what led me to start going to daily Mass. Gary Zimmick. Relevant Radio has been a lifeline to me. When I'm struggling, when I am anxious, I get to hear the truth. I get to be lifted up. Bringing Christ to the world through the media. Relevant Radio.